Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Look, I'll, I'll admit the MLB playoffs are fantastic. They're competitive. They're entertaining. They're energetic. And we have a couple uh, a couple first-round series, right, division series, going a full five games. I, I don't think you could ask for much more, right? But, as I said yesterday and as we talked about yesterday, I'm not watching him. Or at least I'm telling myself and I'm telling you that I'm not watching him. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch a little bit tonight. Got to have principles, though. I'm not watching. I, look, they're awesome. And, and to think that the Braves and the Cardinals are, are playing a game five right now, and I'm upset about it. I'll tell you why in a couple minutes. The Nationals and the Dodgers are playing a game five, which I thought, you know, isn't shocking, isn't super surprising, but you probably would have thought that the Dodgers would have wrapped that up in, in maybe three or four games. But the real shocker, I think, is that the Astros and the Rays, if you were watching last night, they're going to a game five. The Astros and the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay, who was the lowest in attendance all year, the lowest payroll left in the bunch, taking the juggernaut Houston Astros uh, to five games. It's pretty unreal, right? These MLB playoffs are competitive, they're engaging, they're interesting storylines, and really competitive balance series. And you know what? I really don't want to watch them. Maybe I will. I'm going to tell myself I don't want to because I can't. I can't see a big market team win it. I just. I can't see it. And I can't see the Cardinals win it either. Uh, so far, n- not going well uh, on either front. Right. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having an awesome night. If you want to join the conversation at any point in today's show, maybe you're maybe you're with me and and you're just sick of the MLB playoffs. Not only because the Brewers or maybe the Twins were eliminated, but you just can't stand to see the Astros and the Dodgers and the Cardinals. God, the Cardinals. Maybe you don't want to talk playoffs. Don't worry. We'll have plenty of come to, to come today. We're going to talk Packers coming up at 530. Uh, and we're going to talk Brewers for a good chunk of today's show as well. So there's going to be a lot of time to jump in. 608-796-2558 uh, is the five-star telecom talking text line. You can reach me there. You can shoot me a tweet at Keystroker Grant. Shoot me a, a tweet at WKTY. Either way, uh, I'd love to have a conversation on air. I, I actually think, look, as unhappy as I am that the MLB baseball playoff picture looks like it does, right? The Nationals beat the Brewers, so I got a little bit of beef with the Nationals, right? And and if you're a fan like me, you don't want to see the team that beat your team do well, right? Maybe some of you are the opposite. You think, well, they beat the Brewers, I'd like to see them go all the way. You're a better sport than me. So I got a little bit of beef with the Nationals. I don't want to see the Dodgers win it because they're the Dodgers. Like, I don't, How many years in, in a row are they going to make the World Series only be beaten by a better team in the American League, right? I, I'm, I'm ready to be done with the Dodgers. The Braves, I actually, I don't have much against. They are a large market, although it doesn't feel like it. And of course, I obviously don't want the Cardinals to win, as I'm sure a lot of Brewers fans and Cubs fans, and you know what, maybe Twins fans. I, I don't know. All of us have reason to, to, to have beef with the Cardinals, right? The Astros, like we talked about yesterday, they might feel like a small market team because they built it up. It took time. Houston's one of the biggest cities in the U.S. Now, the Rays, the Rays are interesting, but I don't want to see the Rays win. We'll come back to that series in a minute or two. Let's start with the Nationals and the Dodgers. I, I actually feel good about the Nationals' chances. It feels like the last couple of years, the Nationals have, have had this monkey on their back where they're losing series that they were supposed to win, right? 
They're disappointing. They're coming up short. This year, I don't really think that that situation is the same. I think the Nationals are the underdog this year. Obviously, right? The Dodgers are the one seed. Nationals had to come through the wild card. I think they're playing loose. I think they're playing free. I don't think they're going to beat the Dodgers. Maybe. Who knows? But I do feel better about their chances because I think they're a little bit more relaxed. They're not supposed to be here. They're not supposed to move to the championship series. The last couple of years, people had expectations. This year, I think you could just kind of, you're playing with house money, right? That's what everybody likes to say. Weren't supposed to make it this far. Nobody expected you to be here. I actually like the Nats' chances. Maybe that's what they needed was to actually be an underdog. I also wouldn't hate to see the Dodgers win, even though I said I I hate the Dodgers. I don't want to see them win. I would also be okay with the Dodgers winning. I hate to say it because I want the best team to move on to make sure St. Louis doesn't get to a World Series, right? So I'm I'm thinking two steps ahead, right? Yeah, I don't want to see the Dodgers win, but I would rather see the Dodgers and the Cardinals, and I think the Dodgers are the better team than the Nationals, and therefore I want them to advance because I don't want to see the Cardinals win. And if you haven't checked the score, the Cardinals look like they're going to advance. So the Cardinals and the Braves... Uh, started their game five a, a little bit before the show started, a little bit after four, uh, and the Cardinals put up 10 runs in the top of the first inning. 10 runs, top of the first inning. Now, I'm not an Atlanta Braves fan. I'm not on that level. I would be crushed. I don't know if I could be doing a show. I don't know if I could be talking into a microphone right now if I was an Atlanta Braves fan. But as a Brewer fan, and I feel a responsibility to cheer against and to dislike the Cardinals, as I'm sure a lot of you do, whether you're a Cubs fan Twins fan. This sucks. Okay, so the Cardinals are going to move on. And not only are they going to move on and they're going to win game five as they're leading 11 to nothing now in in the top of the third, Jack Flaherty didn't really even have to do much today, so he's still going to be available and fresh for probably a game three and a game seven of the championship series against either the Dodgers or the Nationals. So what's new? Uh, St. Louis can do no wrong, and their organization is run by a bunch of geniuses apparently, and and here go the Cardinals once again. Now, the Astros and the Rays, I actually find to be a fascinating series, right? Because they're playing to face the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. I, I, I love the Rays. I'm sure we're all cheering for the Rays. Here's why I'm hesitant to pull for the Rays. And it's very similar to what we see every year in the first round of the NBA playoffs. I love cheering for an upset. I love that that underdog story in round one of a sixth seed that just gets into it with a higher seed and, and ultimately moves on. It's great. It's fun. It's, it's interesting. But then when you get to round two, then there's a huge mismatch, right? It was fun to watch uh, the Blazers move on to the Western Conference Finals last year, right? Oh, new team. Damian Lillard, TJ McCollum. We haven't seen this before. Well, yeah, when they got there, they got rolled. Because they really didn't, were they really the second best team? No, probably not. It was fun to watch them get there, but then once they got there, we're like, oh, crap, what did we do? I, I feel very similarly to uh, about cheering for the Rays. It would be super fun to watch the Rays win. It would be entertaining. It would be an amazing story, right? Last in attendance, lowest payroll in the playoff picture. I mean, Garrett Cole is probably going to make more money next year alone than the Rays spent on their entire team this year. And you got G-Man Choi, Jesus Aguilar. Right, former Brewers, Tommy Pham, a former Cardinal, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. He's a good player, right? Now that he's off the Cardinals, I think we can we can cheer for the guy, right? It would be fun to watch the Rays win, but if the Rays move on, can they really beat the Yankees? I don't think so. Upsets are fun until it leads to a mismatch in the next round. So, for the sake of competitive balance, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm actually cheering for the Dodgers and the Astros for the sake of competitive balance and for the sake of the Cardinals losing, 
I might actually cheer for the Astros. Can you believe the Astros let this thing get to a Game 7? Can you believe that? Last night, I'm, I'm watching the end of that game. Uh, we had an intramural UWL flag football game last night that was at 8. So we got home, uh, probably, I think, around 9.45, something like that. And and I threw on the game. I'm like, man, the Rays are going to force a Game 5. And I'm thinking, how did the Astros let this happen? Right, with Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke. You let this thing get to a Game 5? Now, Astros got to be feeling a little bit nervous going into Game Game 5, right? Because they are so much better than the Rays. So much better than the Rays. And that's why I actually am not cheering for the Rays to win. I know I say I hate large market teams, but here I am saying I would rather have the large market team win uh, to, to, to have a competitive American League Championship Series. Upsets are great until it leads to a mismatch later on in the playoff picture somewhere, right? The, the chicken always comes home uh, to roost. Watching the Blazers make the, the Western Conference Finals is fun until they were outgunned, outmatched, and completely blown out of the water by the Warriors, right? I don't think a lot of us have a rooting interest left in the playoff picture unless you're cheering for the Cardinals, which now we're going to have to wait until the second round, like I said, or the third round of the championship series. Cardinals up 11-0 to zero in, the th- in the third inning. I like to watch the playoffs. If I don't have a team that I'm rooting for, I like to watch the playoffs and think of the Brewers. How do the Brewers compare to this team or this roster or this manager? I don't know how I feel about the Brewers being able to get back to the National League Championship Series next year and return to the form they were two years ago. Only because I look at the Astros, the Braves, the Cardinals. I'll give you some reasons. I'll give you some examples. I'm not just here to hate on the Brewers. I have examples. I have evidence. Let's talk about this coming up next. Radio Joe, uh, uh, executive producer of the Bill Michaels Show, is going to join us to talk Packers at 530 as well. A lot of good stuff to come. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show presented by Play It Again Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. You want to talk sports? We're talking Brewers. 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. Shoot me a tweet at Keystroker Grant at WKTY. Either account will do the trick. The MLB playoffs right now are actually really competitive. We have a couple of game fives. One tomorrow, I believe. Game four between the Astros uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays was last night, so I'm assuming, yep, uh, game five will be tomorrow. And two two game fives tonight, one in progress. The Cardinals actually just extended their lead over the Braves, 12 to nothing uh, in the top of the third inning. The Nationals and the Dodgers, uh, we might as well start that game now because this one's over. Nationals and Dodgers start uh, about half after seven tonight. Steven Strasburg going against Walker Bueller. I don't think many of us have a dog in this fight, right? I think if you're like me and you're a Brewer fan... Or, or a Cubs fan or a Twins fan or I guess really a baseball fan in general. We'd all love to see uh, the Cardinals lose, right? Don't get me wrong. But I don't think we have a team we're really cheering for to win. So what I have done, what I've tried to do at least, is watch uh, these MLB playoffs with the Brewers in mind, right? Thinking about next year. Well, what do they have to do better? What do they have to do better as an organization? What does Craig Council have to do better? I, I don't think Craig Council has to do much of anything better. But David Stearns and, and and maybe some situational hitting and, you know, things we always rag on the Brewers for. So what I did was I went and looked through all of the teams that are left in the playoffs and the Twins. And I, I tried to pick one thing that the Brewers could, could improve. Be more like this team, right? In this way, be like the Braves, become a better team. Be like the Astros, become a better team, right? Trying to learn a little bit uh, something from every single team 
uh, left in the playoffs. So let's go. Let's go down the line here. First of all, we. Start, I'm not going to take any more shots at the Twins. This isn't even a shot at the Twins, right? What can we learn from the Twins? You probably need to be able to score runs in more than one way, right? Not just the home run. And we've seen that problem with the Brewers for years, right? I don't think that's a secret. But when the home runs aren't coming or when they are always solo shots, it becomes pretty difficult to score runs consistently, right? And I think we we saw a great example of that with the Minnesota Twins. In the playoffs, I, I think they put up seven runs against the Yankees in three games. And the runs didn't come in bunches, right? They were strung out, few and far between, and most of them coming on solo shots. I think four of the seven seven runs, we talked about this yesterday, it's not important, but I think four of the seven runs came on solo shots for the Twins. If you look at the Minnesota Twins of 2019, one lesson be learned for the Brewers, you need to be able to score runs that aren't coming through the home run. Or if you're going to go for the home run and play for the beginning, you need to get guys on base as well. And the Twins didn't do that, right? Lesson be learned from the Minnesota Twins. The Nationals, I, I think, are an interesting an interesting example, right? On one hand, they have Scherzer, they have Strasburg, they, they've done very well acquiring starting pitching. Their bullpen is is so-so or, or below average. The example that I took from the Nationals is their, their young bats, their young outfielders, Victor Robles and Juan Soto, 22 and 20 years old. I think with every good team, and the Astros were this team a couple of years ago, remember, with every good team, they have a young core, a really talented, good, young core. Now, if it's not pitching, and it's not in the case of the Nationals, but all their arms are pretty well seasoned now. If your young core is going to be bats, do the Brewers stack up? Do the Brewers stack up with Victor Robles and Juan Soto, who, like I said, are 22 and 20? What young bats do the Brewers bring to the table? Well, Keston Hira, certainly, right? And if Bryce Terang starts to see action in the next year or two, you can add him to that group. Assuming that he turns into a a decent MLB player, right? What else do they have? And and they have good players, don't get me wrong, but Lorenzo Cain is aging. Ryan Braun is aging. Christian Yelich, he's 27. He's young, but he's not 22. He's not 20. Brewers are going to need to continue to find those young bats to continue to come up through their system, like we're seeing with the Nationals. Because that's how you make up for an expensive aging starting rotation is you save money on the offensive end by finding great young talent and and developing great young talent, like Victor Robles and Juan Soto, who's only 20 years old. And also, by the way, not to bring up a a, a painful spot here, but was the guy who had the big hit against the Brewers uh, in the wildcard game. You need those young bats. Where are you going to get them, Brewers? You're going to give a little shot in the arm to your farm system? You're going to make a trade? Who knows? Keston Hira, maybe Bryce Terang joins him. Orlando Arcia, don't get me wrong, but... Orlando Arcia doesn't exactly stack up with the infield of a team like the Astros, right? The Astros just have stars all over the place. I think if anything is is from the Astros, you got to have a strong rotation, right? You need a strong rotation to win in the playoffs, win late. Well, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Greinke is a pretty good place to start. And if Wade Miley is your fourth best starter, you're in a pretty good spot. Now, Garrett Cole's about to be a free agent. So next year, unless the Astros re-sign him, there will be a, a different sort of conversation. The Astros, if the Brewers are to learn one thing from the Astros, you got to have a good starting rotation. By hook or by crook, whether you're developing them, you're trading for them, you're signing them as a free agent, you need to put together a good starting rotation. And I know the Brewers have avoided that. David Stearns has avoided that, and Craig Council, I think, has, has won despite of it. You need to have a good starting rotation. The Astros said that. Oh, yeah, by the way, the infield, uh, pretty good too. Like Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa. Yeah, pretty good infield. <laughs> pretty good bats in the infield, right? 
The Cardinals, I think, are the most frustrating example because the Brewers have been trying to be the Cardinals for years. Everybody's been trying to be the Cardinals for years. If there's one thing you can learn from the Cardinals, aspire to be like the Cardinals, it's how they develop their starting pitchers. It's pretty incredible. And I thought before I sat down today to do a little bit of research, I thought I had a pretty good handle on it. I barely knew at all. So a couple of the Cardinals' best pitchers, right? Jack Flaherty, who pitched today or barely needed to pitch. Unhittable in the second half, right? Only 23 years old, former first-round pick of the St. Louis Cardinals. Developed him in their system, brought him up, and was every bit as good as advertised or as, as the Cardinals hoped, right? Dakota Hudson had 16 wins this year as a rookie. As a rookie. As a rookie! Another first-round pick by the St. Louis Cardinals, right? Brought him up through their system was everything they hoped he would be, everything they groomed him to be, right? No surprises, no letdowns, no busts. Michael Waka, another terrific frontline starting pitcher and another first-round draft pick of the St. Louis Cardinals, who they groomed, who they brought up, was exactly who they thought he would be. No disappointment, no setback, no bust. All first-round picks by St. Louis. Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, Michael Waka. Have the Brewers developed one starting pitcher through their own system that good in my lifetime? Now, I can only remember about as far back to 2008, but I'm having a real tough time trying to think of one, especially one that was good for more than a season. I think if you put that qualifier on it, it just about disqualifies every starting pitcher for the Brewers because I don't know if they've ever had a homegrown pitcher who was good for more than a year, bullpen or starting rotation. Josh Hader, I guess, is is an exception right now. Twins, if you learn anything, you need to be able to score runs other than the home run. Braves, or not the Braves, but the Nationals, you need young bats, right? Victor Robles, Juan Soto, both under 22. Juan Soto's 20 years old. You need young bats. You need that young talent bubbling up through your system so then you can go out and afford to keep guys like Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg, right? Houston Astros, you have to have a good starting rotation. You have to. Whether you trade for them, you bring them in in free agency, the the Astros have done a little bit of everything. Verlander, Cole, Granke, Miley. Yeah, um, that's going to win you some games. Or that's going to win you some playoff series. Tampa Bay, man, taking them to a game five. That's still amazing to me. And, and the Cardinals, the most infuriating example of all. Just develop your, your homegrown pitchers. It's not that hard, right? Just draft guys in the first round like Flaherty, Hudson, Waka, and develop them. Jack Flaherty's only 23 years old. Dakota Hudson was a rookie. He had 16 wins this year. I don't know what the Cardinals are doing. I don't know how they do it. I I really don't. But the Brewers need to be more like the Cardinals in that aspect. More like the Astros where they actually value starting pitching. And they don't devalue it for outgetters or for more bullpen arms. Look, the Brewers have to do things a little bit differently. Don't get me wrong. I know they can't buy Garrett Cole and trade for Verlander and pay Greinke. But you need to put more emphasis on your starting pitching. You can't devalue your starting pitching to the level that the Brewers have. And, of course, the Nationals with those young, talented bats and the Twins uh, only scoring runs via the home run. I think there's a lesson to be learned by just about every single team in the playoff picture, or in the Twins' case, no longer left in the playoff picture. I don't know if the Brewers can get back to National League Championship Series level next year. I just don't know. Going to need to see some big things from Keston Hira next year as Ryan Braun ages and as Lorenzo Cain ages, right? And is Eric Thames, they try to figure out his contract situation. Do they go with Travis Shaw, right? Does Bryce Terang find his way up into the majors? What about Orlando Arcia, right? There's some big questions with this Brewers team. It doesn't seem like a surefire thing like it did going into last season, right? And last season didn't go as planned. It was bumpy. 
It was bumpy. They got there by the end because they got hot at the right time, which I mostly attribute to Craig Council. Brewers got a lot to do next year. Quickly to the Five Star Telecom talking text line, 608-796-2558. This is the first year in a while the Brewers have been able to bring up young starting pitchers. We need to see how the young arms respond next year. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Look, Corbin Burns could still be good. Freddie Peralta could still be good. I think Brandon Woodruff will be good. We need to see next year. You're exactly right. But they need to continue uh, to do some of these things we're seeing the Nationals doing and the Astros and the Cardinals. You don't have to be the Astros. You don't have to be the Cardinals. But you need to learn lessons from all these elite-level teams who are making the playoffs year in and year out and going deep in the playoffs year in and year out when the Brewers often are not. When we come back, we're going to talk to Joe Zanzola, Radio Joe, the executive producer of the Bill Michaels Show. You hear his show, uh, Bill's show. Every day, 11 to 2 here on WKTY. He was in Dallas last weekend for the Packers-Cowboys game. We want to talk to him. And you know what? He's going to be in Madison this Saturday uh, for Badgers against the Spartans. That's Michigan State. So maybe we'll get to that. Uh, Joe is never short on words, so we'll see how much time we have. We'll talk to Radio Joe coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show presented by Play It Again Sports. You're listening to WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY, 96.7 FM and 580 AM. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. I'm having so much fun today. Even though I hate that the the Cardinals are up 13 to nothing in the third inning. I only care about one playoff series in the playoffs right now, and that's whatever series the Cardinals is in because I want them to lose. And not even that can go right. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're having an awesome night. Well, we tried to touch down with Radio Joe. He's hung up. He's got something going on. He's probably booking big wig guests uh, for the Bill Michael Show, which you hear here every day uh, on WKTY from 11 to 2. So maybe if Joe gets a second, he'll call us. If not, uh, we're going to move on without him. We're going to talk Packers. Joe is actually in Dallas uh, to cover Packers Cowboys last Sunday. Which doesn't seem like too bad of a gig, right? Never been to Dallas, never been to Texas. And, and I doubt he was sitting in the box with uh, George Bush and, and Ellen DeGeneres, right? Did you see this story? I, I thought it was... I, I Look, it's really funny because a couple of years ago, if you'll remember, the Colin Kaepernick situation, although it's, it's not the memorable part of the situation, it happened in a Niners-Green Bay game, right? And now, of course, we have this huge political discussion going on uh, with Ellen DeGeneres sitting next to George Bush. Oh my God, how could she? George Bush is a Republican. He, in his very core, stands for everything that is against Ellen DeGeneres, which I don't buy into at all. I don't, I, I don't like Ellen DeGeneres' show. I don't like Jimmy Fallon's show, Jimmy Kimmel. I, they're just not my thing, right? I, I don't like the pomp and circumstance of a talk show where you bring on guests and everyone stands up and claps and the host hits their little dance move and, and delivers a monologue that was come up with, that was written by them and a team of writers. It's just, it's not my thing. It's not an Ellen thing. I, I just don't like that kind of show. But I, I did watch a little bit of chunk, a, a bit of a chunk from uh, Ellen's show, the one that was kind of probably trending on Facebook or Twitter. I don't remember where I saw it. It was a pretty cool message. And I think it is, it is interesting because I think Republicans are sometimes just a little bit villainized, and this is not turning into a political talk show, but uh, I think Republicans are a little bit villainized, and good for Ellen for for standing up and saying, you know what, yeah, he doesn't believe in all the things that I do. I, I wish you would have said, you know, just because he's a Republican does not mean he's a flaming racist and a flaming xenophobe and a flaming homophobe, right? I, I think those two are, are often... Uh, bunched together much too often. So so good for Ellen. And, and the conversation that has followed this whole situation has just been 
fascinating. And, and I love to watch social media just just fall to pieces and watch people argue about this kind of stuff. So we're not going to spend too much time on it today, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, Colin Kaepernick against the Packers turned into, well, what we know now. Uh, and who knows, maybe this Ellen DeGeneres and, and George Bush thing uh, has, has seen its high point now. But the Packers winning in Dallas on Sunday, as we talked about earlier this week, 34-24, to 24, the, the final score obviously making it look much closer than it than it actually was. It, it's pretty interesting because the Packers now have a Monday night date with the Lions who are coming off a bye, right, which is very significant. The, the Lions are going to have a bunch of extra days to prepare for the Packers. Matt Patricia going to have a little bit of extra time to watch uh, tape and watch highlights of that Packers offense to see exactly what they can do uh, to try to tear it down, to try to find weaknesses, right? So the Lions have a little bit of an advantage coming in. The Packers have an advantage for being at home, right? And this game, I think, means a lot more than some people realize. Because the Packers have played so well and only lost one game, and they have yet to lose to a division foe, they're 4-1, and one, that the Packers have a lead in the NFC North right now, and, and none of these games are, are win or die, must win, right? Well, actually, if the if the Lions win this upcoming weekend, uh, yeah, they'll be they'll be atop the NFC North. There will be atop the NFC North. I don't know if I love that idea. I don't know that if if I love playing the Lions right now. I'm going to be completely honest. Earlier this week, I was going to talk, or maybe it was last week, I was going to talk about Stephon Diggs and the whole Stephon Diggs situation, right? And I was going to talk about the Vikings and, and, and exactly how their talent breaks down and how their coaching breaks down. And I was actually going to compare it to the Lions and say, are, are we sure that the Lions aren't the like not only the better team, as their record would currently indicate, but the much better team? I like Detroit a lot. And before this season started, we spent a bunch of time on this show, and I took calls, I took texts, we talked about it quite a bit, about your predictions for the NFC North. About how this division at the end of the year was going to shape up. And I remember very clearly, and I and I have my predictions posted in a little bit of a, a screenshot pinned to the top of my my Twitter profile at Keystroker Grant. You can find it there. I, right now, it's looking good. My predictions are looking good, but who knows what's going to happen by the end of the year? So you can give me all sorts of grief uh, when they ultimately fall apart. But at the beginning of the year, I said I think the Packers and the Lions or the Bears are all going to compete at around eleven and five, ten and six for the division, and then the Vikings were going to lag behind. I think the Lions, the Bears, and the Packers are all better teams than the Vikings. Not because of talent. I had a friend tell me the other day in a joke, look, the Vikings are a, are a very talented team with great players, but they're a bad team. I think that maybe sums up the Vikings, and we have a lot more to see from all these teams. But I think that, that joking little sarcastic statement might actually have a little bit of truth to it. The Vikings have great players, but for whatever reason, they're just not a great team. One of those teams that looks great getting off the bus, right? One of my favorite expressions. I think they're the the... the the fourth best team in the NFC North. And I don't think the Vikings, even if all falls apart this year and, and what I predicted happens and the Vikings get last, I don't think they're much worse than 7-9 or 8-8. Eight and eight. But I think the Packers, the Lions, and the Bears are competing at the top of the division. I really like the Lions because I think Matt Stafford, whereas he hasn't won a lot of big games and he hasn't won a playoff game, obviously, or they haven't had deep playoff runs, he hasn't exactly had things working in his favor in Detroit, Right? With Calvin Johnson, and I think Calvin Johnson, as great as he was, sometimes dictated how the offense was ran. Matt Stafford needed to get the ball to Calvin Johnson, and once he retired, opened things up a little bit. Well, now I think Matt Stafford actually has a pretty good defense. Really good defensive-minded head coach, I think, in Matt Patricia, who I, I believe just needed a year. I think Matt Patricia is, is not like the rest of Bill Belichick's 
coaching tree that has gone on to not do well. I think Matt Matt Patricia is is going to be a really good coach. But they have a fantastic pass rush, right? Games are one up front. I, I think you're learning that with the Packers right now. With a great offensive line and a good defensive line, you can make it a long way. But I think their pass rush is great. Trey Flowers, Damon Harrison, Snacks Harrison, whatever you want to call him. I have a really good defensive front and a tough defensive front. And they have one great shutdown corner, Darius Slay. If you have one great shutdown corner, you can kind of pencil in the rest of the gaps, right? Well, okay, Darius, you take Devontae Adams. We're going to trust you out there. And now we're going to use our safeties elsewhere. We're going to use our linebackers elsewhere. If you have one corner that you can leave on an island, it leaves you with a lot of flexibility, right? And I think the Lions are in in a very advantageous position in that way. I'm worried about this upcoming Monday night game. First of all, I despise when the Packers play on Monday night football. Some of my worst football memories going all the way back to 2012 are on Monday night football. I hate watching the Packers play on Monday night. It seems cartoonish. It doesn't seem as official as watching it on Fox or CBS or NBC. I'm just not a fan of Monday night football. Things never seem to go well. Last year was another great example. I believe it was in Seattle. Now, I haven't seen a line. I don't know if there's a line out. I don't know what, what if one team is favored or not. Each team has a little bit of an advantage in this game. Detroit coming off a bye. Green Bay at home. I, I think I would rather, I would prefer the bye game, right? <laughs> Packers have won in Detroit enough times. But each team with a little bit of an advantage, I don't know how these two teams match up. If Devontae Adams is back, I, I feel a lot more comfortable. As as fun as it was to watch Aaron Jones rough just run rough shot over the, the Cowboys defense last week, I don't know if that's going to work two games in a row. I don't know if you can put the workload on Aaron Jones at least to that that level, two weeks in a row. And I think Matt LaFleur did an excellent job last week, as I predicted last Thursday and Friday. Matt LaFleur was going to have to do an excellent job. He was going to have to sit down with Aaron Rodgers and come up with a complete 2019 unique brand new Packers game plan because you couldn't rely on the little timing, wink and a nod stuff from Devontae Adams, right? You couldn't rely on that with Jordan Nelson. He is now gone. Or Randall Cobb, he's now gone. It's a brand new era, brand new day. And all of Aaron Rodgers' security blankets, other than his offensive line, were lifted away last weekend. And Matt LaFleur found a way to score enough points, specifically 34, put enough points on the board to, to outlast the Dallas Cowboys on the road. What does Matt LaFleur do differently this week? I actually think defensively, Detroit's pretty similar to Dallas, right? Two good pass rushers. Although I think last week showed that it, it, rushing the passer is about more than just getting two downhill edge rushers and having them blitz the quarterback. Because if you run into two tackles who can, you know, hold their water on the outside, and Bakhtiari and, and Bulaga might be the definition of holding your water on the outside, probably the, the best pair of tackles in the league, if, if not, certainly right up there. Dallas, I think, showed that you need a little bit more to rush the passer than just two good edge rushers, right? You need an interior presence. You need athletic linebackers who can, who can move around the field and come from different angles, run up different gaps and lanes. I don't know if Detroit is a better defense or a worse defense than Dallas, but I think they're comparable. They probably are a little bit better in the secondary with Darius Slay, although Byron Jones is a good corner. I don't necessarily know how these two teams stack up. And I would have loved to get Radio Joe's thoughts. And I'm and when I say this, I'm not throwing Radio Joe under the bus at all. We're all busy people. I would have loved to ask Radio Joe, look, you saw that Cowboys defense in person. You were there to cover the game. Are they legit? Right? They've been billed as, as pretty darn good this year. And I think they are pretty good. I think their they're two linebackers are tremendous. And Leighton Van Der Esch, who Aaron Jones made look very bad. Uh, and obviously Jalen Smith, those two guys are fast and they're physical. They can cover a lot of ground. How does that defense stack up with the defense of the Detroit Lions, right? And how does the defensive mindset uh, of Rod Marinelli and, the, and that Cowboys defense stack up with 
Matt Patricia and the defense of the Detroit Lions. Man, 14 days off, or I guess 15 days off because it's Monday night uh, for the Lions. They have time to put some stuff together, right? They have some time to plan and break down film and to really try to find tendencies and weaknesses in that Packers offense and defense. Now, Sometimes a bye week can can hurt you, right? I, I think Detroit's coming off two weeks that you really can't be mad about. They beat the Chargers at home, and then they almost beat the Chiefs, which can almost be construed as a win. I think they should have won that game. couple fumbles, couple turnovers in the red zone. I think the Lions are riding pretty high off their start. Maybe the bye week ends up hurting them. I don't know. If the Green Bay Packers weren't so injured, I'd say that, you know what, we're okay without a bye because I think there's some good momentum right now. I think they're improving every week. I think they're improving in one or two facets every single week. They continue to to get better here and there every week. And I think some of these younger players and some of these free agents who are playing for the first time as a Green Bay Packer this year, I think are finding their role just a little bit more. I don't know. It's a story we're going to have to talk about tomorrow and all the way up until next Monday night. Packers, Lions, it's getting real, real fast. If the Packers win, you've beaten all of your divisional opponents once uh, before midway through October. Think about that. That would be pretty impressive. And 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 then the Packers, obviously, uh, no doubt, trying to do just that next Monday night. We'll continue to talk about that. Coming up next, why don't we get back to the Brewers talk. Did you see something? The, the Brewers broke some news yesterday. It wasn't really about baseball operations. Okay, not really. A little bit. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. It would have been all over social media. Uh, we tweeted it out at WKTY. It was on our Facebook page as well. I got to share with share this with you. It'll make your night. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports here on WKTY. Well, Evo kind of stole my thunder there. We are talking about the Brewers and the big news they announced yesterday. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. Hope you're having an awesome night. The podcast for tonight's show, if you want to check out anything that you missed, will be up just a couple of minutes after 6 o'clock. You can find it at WKTYsports.com. Talked a little bit MLB playoffs, how that affects the Brewers. Talked a little bit of Packers as well. Right now, I do want to talk Brewers, and this is what I hate about the Brewers. I I hate it, and I love it. I love the Brewers, but I also hate them for doing this. Every time I want to be angry at the Brewers for not going out and getting that stud pitcher, or just not getting it done in the playoffs, breaking my heart, whatever, they they, they find a way to do something that just brings me back in, right? Even if it's not actually baseball-related, even if it's something on social media, even if it's it's a fun video they made, remember when they made the Sandlot video a couple of years ago during spring training? I don't like the movie The Sandlot, and I thought that was awesome, right? So yesterday, the Brewers announced, or they posted a, a video on social media, and once again, if you haven't seen it, go to our Facebook page, WKTY, follow us at WKTY on Twitter, it's at Bullspots. They, they made a video announcing that the Brewers are taking over the restaurant in left field, you know, the TGI Fridays. I don't know if it's Front Row Grill or, or something like that. It's it's tweaked. But it's open year-round, right? It's a restaurant right in left field in Miller Park. I think I've eaten there once, maybe twice. But the Brewers are now taking it over, and they're remodeling it, renaming it, and they're trying to think of a name, right? And that's the whole premise of this video. Well, the video starts, uh, and I'll play you a couple chunks from it just because it's awesome. I'm sorry that you can't see it, but the, the first scene is uh, Rick Schlesinger, who is he the – what is he the director of exactly? He's more the business side. He, he's up there like vice president of – baseball operations, but not baseball operations, more the business side, the COO or CEO or whatever he is. I don't know, but we all know the name Rick Schlesinger, right? As hard as it is to say. He calls Bob Euchre up into his office, uh, and that's where this this awesome video starts. 
Thanks for coming up, Bob. Oh, absolutely, Rick. What did I do, get activated? Not exactly. Oh. The club has some news, actually some big news, Bob. We're renovating the restaurant in left field. We've got some great plans for it for next year. The only thing we haven't figured out is a name. And I figured, who better than Mr. Baseball to come up with a new name for the restaurant? Uh, how about just a bit outside? Why don't you give a little more thought, Bob? I won't let you down. Thanks, Bob. Oh, baby. I, I need more Bob Euchre in movies, in TV. We just need to, to squeeze every ounce out of this man. Like he's one of my favorite people in in sports and in entertainment. I love Major League. Uh, it, it's one of my favorite movies. You know how often I use crap like this on the show. That's all we got. One damn hit. Yeah, I mean, I just got. Don't I, worry, nobody's listening anyway. I have so many euchre drops in here, and I don't use them enough. We need to use Bob Euchre more, right? So the Brewers tell Bob, "Look, you gotta help us find a name for for the restaurant, right?" So the, the whole two-minute video is Bob walking around Miller Park and talking to different people, trying to figure out a name for the restaurant. Like, he goes on this odyssey, this adventure, right? And he talks to Bernie Brewer and the keg man, and he's signing autographs, and he's asking kids what he should name this restaurant, and, and he just can't figure it out, right? Well, eventually this video ends by him calling David Stearns, right? So the phone call is how they eventually come up with the name. This is, this is the final scene, and it's so awesome. Hello? Hey, uh, David. Juke. Juke who? Bob Euchre. Oh, hey, Bob. Everything okay? I'm having a little trouble with this uh, restaurant naming deal here, and I'm running out of time. I get it. I know exactly what you're going through. You do? I'm going to let you in on a little secret from the baseball side of things. Whenever we need more time, we just name it later. Do what? We just name it later. A restaurant to be named later. Nice. Real nice. Thanks, Davey. Who is this again? It's Bob Euchre, Dave. <laughs> that might have been my favorite part of the whole thing, that David Stearns uh, doesn't actually know who he's talking to. Who is this again? Dude, it's Bob Euchre. I, I loved that. I, I think the Brewers need to do more with Bob Euchre. They need to make him a part of, of, of more things because it's just... How can you be mad at the Brewers after that? How can you be mad at the Brewers? I've eaten at that TGI Fridays, I think, once. We went there before a... a uh, a getaway day. So the goal was to watch batting practice. We didn't get to do that. So we just had a, a wonderful meal. Great time as a family right above left field, right? I, look, I have nothing to say about TGA, TGI Fridays. It's kind of cool that the Brewers are, are are making it their own, right? A restaurant to be named later. It's kind of got a good ring to it, right? I hope they have some Bob Euchre stuff up in there. I don't know. They got they got to have a burger at least. What? The Euchre, right? They got to have something, even if it's just a menu item or a drink. But this is why I can't, I can't, I love and I hate the Brewers is because even when they do something to just make me mad, they break my heart in the playoffs. They trade their number three prospect for Drew Pomerantz, which I know it worked out. That doesn't mean, in my opinion, that it was the right move. Even when I'm mad at the Brewers, and even when, when I, when I want to just turn my, turn my, my face away and not deal with the Brewers for a while, they just, they go and do something like this. It's Uke. Hey, Davey, it's Uke. Who? Bob Euchre, David. Oh, God. <laughs> I've watched that probably 10 times. That's awesome. And it's very similar to their Sandlot video. I think they did a Mean Girls video last year for training camp, too. I, I hope they do something else during spring training or during the winter because it's just too long to go without baseball. Look, we've been without Brewers baseball for a little over a week now, and I'm already thinking, man, I can't wait till spring training because having baseball on every day is just, man, it's, it's tough to beat. 
Anyways, Badgers are going to be playing this Saturday. Packers on Monday. Unfortunately, we got to wait a while for the Brewers, but the Bucks right around the corner as well. Plus, coming up tomorrow, we're going to have to talk to Drew Kelly. I'm going to be in the field on Friday night. I cannot wait. It's been a couple of weeks. Drew and I are going to go call a game at Holman on Friday who are, uh, once again, trying to win the Mississippi Valley Conference. So some big games this week. Tomorrow, we're going to talk to Drew Kelly to kind of preview a little bit of it, right? Take a look around what's going on in our area. And also, of course, tomorrow, we're going to have to talk Packers-Lions. We're going to have to continue to talk Packers-Lions uh, and, and talk about the Badgers as well as they're squaring off with Michigan State. Who knows? Maybe we can touch base with Radio Joe tomorrow uh, because after today, I feel a little bit empty. Not going to lie. I feel like I... Uh, feel like I'm missing something. So tomorrow, maybe we'll tr- try to touch down with Radio Joe, get his thoughts from Packers Cowboys last Sunday where he was covering the game and then look forward to Badgers Michigan State and, of course, Packers Lions coming up on Monday night. That is a huge game. I, I think Packers fans have th- this sense. I don't want to call it an illusion, but, but we have this sense that the Packers are running away with the division. And it's early and they're obviously not, and we know that. But it feels that way, Right. If the Lions come in and win on Monday night, and, and by the way, the Packers haven't had great success against Detroit Lions the last couple of years. You know, attributed to injuries, attributed to bad coaching or, or ineffective coaching, call it what you want. They have not exactly been great against the Detroit Lions the last couple of years. If the Lions come in on Monday night, this division is tight at the top. Tight, tight, tight. And then the Packers got to go on the road before too long. I know it's been a while, right? Next couple of games for the Packers hosting the Lions on Monday night. Then they host the Raiders. Then they got to go to the Chiefs and to the Chargers in back-to-back weeks. One of those games on Monday night. Packers would be best to take advantage of these home games while they can, right? Every every win that you get at home in October is one that you don't have to win in December on the road. We'll talk about that all tomorrow. And, of course, we'll touch base with Drew Kelly uh, to get ready for all the local sports coming up this weekend as well. Same time, same place tomorrow. Can't wait to talk to you then.